This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And here we are, far side, wait, cross cage hot, wait. Ray, it's been so long, I forgot the name of the podcast. What are we called? <laughs> I think we're the near side low, but it's near been a little low. We, it has been a little bit, folks. We are here. We are back. We are both alive. I'm currently teaching photosynthesis in science class, and Ray is currently saving lives in Boston. So, you know, uh, one of us has an important job. One of us, maybe not so much. But we're back, baby. Um, Ray, honestly, when's the last time we recorded? Do you know? Yeah, I think uh, last time we recorded was last, uh, I think last spring when we were talking about uh, the district tournament, but I think before that we had talked to Brian Flax, who was just recently named the uh, Stanford head coach. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of of movement. I know we had talked about trying to do this still throughout the season this year, and things were, uh, I think, pretty busy for both of us, but hoping to do one tonight and then maybe uh, one more um, for the district tournament coming up and hopefully uh, talk about a lot of the exciting things going on in Missouri. Most definitely. So folks, buckle up if you're driving in the car, fill up your water glass if you're hanging out in the kitchen. We are back and we are ready to talk water polo. All right, well, Ray, when we first left you, Oh, so many, almost a year ago, you were moving to Boston. And I know that while you've been up there, you're working hard, saving lives, but you've also dabbled a little bit in the water polo community of Boston. So I thought, since we haven't heard from you in a while, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, on the East Coast, water polo-wise. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to see. I've uh, While I've been up here, been trying to get in and play uh, water polo with one of the master's teams up in this area, uh, Metro Water Polo, and uh, actually... Uh, Mario, who played at Ladue um, a few years ago, is also uh, plays um, with that team. So that's been fun. I've also been uh, having a chance to wrap some NCAA games up here. And it's been uh, been fun to see the water polo environment in this area of the country. And I, I, it's been also fun to see how uh, they, they do know of Missouri water polo and do respect uh, some of the things that have come from our area. I know I, I, I talked to a number of the college coaches in this area who all speak very highly of Colleen Lishway and what she's done over at uh, McHenry. Um, also, they're, they're, uh, a number of these coaches are familiar with uh, Philip Alexic, who uh, was a player of the year a couple of years ago from MICDS um, and plays now at Brown. So um, they are very familiar with, with our area. And um, I, I mean, I've been trying to plug that I, I think there's more athletes in our area that could play um, at the college college level. So um, that's that's one thing that hopefully uh, we can continue to push. But um, it has been fun to see how, how they do things up here. Not as big of a high school water polo scene, but a lot of colleges up here. Um, and it's been fun to see see how they how they run things. All right. Awesome. Right. Well, it sounds like you are, uh, you know, you're sticking sticking around, uh, staying with the polo community, which is exciting to hear. I've heard some of your stories. Fun. Glad to know that you're reffing up there, staying sharp as you obviously came in town last week. And we'll talk about that tournament in a little bit. But uh, I honestly, right, you know, we've got our question of the week recap, but I honestly, I don't remember what our question of the week was from about a year ago. So uh, we're going to go ahead and gloss on over that. Uh, we don't have a question of the week for this week, but we do want to talk about uh, 
recap of games. And we basically have made it through the whole season without recording a podcast. So we got plenty of games to talk about. Um, the first thing I think I wanted to highlight was um, we kind of had a little bit of a rearrangement of the first two conferences. So um, I think about two years ago, we had rearranged the conferences where um, the top teams, top six or seven teams were put in that top conference. And then we took our eight through 13 or 14 in the second conference. So there was some discussion at the beginning of this year to try and shuffle up those two conferences. So I think they went off the seeds from the previous season. And, you know, the one and the four were put in one conference. The two and the three were put in another conference. And they kind of just went down the line and split them up. So there was a little more, I'd say, parity between um, those those two particular conferences. And, you know, it's turned out um, there's been some quite a few competitive games within that. But, you know, people were wondering, why the conferences kind of shift every year it's just a discussion that all of the coaches and us have um you know kind of kind of our thoughts and, and what we like or don't like so that's that we've had a lot of games um as i said we're bearing into the end of the season but we had we had two big tournaments this past weekend um ray wasn't just in town to ref everybody although we you know we loved that he was here he also has family and had to see people and say hello but he was at one of those big tournaments the Lindbergh Invi invitational which was actually hosted by Kirkwood. Long story, we're not going to get into it, but you know, huge thanks for Coach Butler for putting it on, and a huge thanks to Coach Pegler and Kirkwood for actually, you know, allowing Lindbergh to have a place to host it until they can kind of get their their facilities up and running. But it was an action-packed what Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I think, right? Um, and we all know if there's anybody that knows the scores and the stats of these games, it's my co-host. Right. So we're going to let him talk a little bit about that, and I'll throw my thoughts in because obviously I watch some of the games too. Hit it, right? Yeah, so we're going to focus on the Lindbergh Invite just because, I mean, I both of us were, were there for that, and it's the most recent recent set of games that I think is going to set up for the district tournament, which uh, planning meeting for that is going to be coming up here um, this upcoming upcoming weekend. So a uh, lot of – I mean, a couple of things that stood out to me was, I mean, there were – uh, a number of close games, which I think uh, Coach Butler uh, planned uh, best to have uh, the two of the closest or two of the most anticipated ones at, at the end. But um, a lot of teams won games and then they ended up losing the next game to a, a team based on uh, previous previous results. You you thought they they may have won. So a lot of, a lot of close games throughout the weekend and a lot of a lot of excitement, which I think is we'll talk more about districts, which I think will bode well. Um, for there, I think the two, uh, I think the two most exciting games of the tournament were the the final two games um, between uh, the, the the second to last was Desmet against Lindbergh. Uh, Desmet ended up pulling that out um, by a score of nine to eight. Very close game throughout. It was Lindbergh's uh, Lindbergh's senior night, but uh, well fought, well fought game. I, I was very impressed throughout the weekend watching Desmet play. Um, they had played SLU earlier in the day and lost 11 to seven. But um, for a team that uh, predominantly used, uh, so, so, I mean, some of their players had to play a significant amount of time in those games. Um, I, I thought they did a very nice job executing um, overall in both of those games, and, and particularly when you're playing two intense games back to back, that is uh, that can put a toll on your team. And I was very impressed with how Desmet did in those situations. Um, the final was. Slew against West, which, uh, I mean, remarkably, we are now essentially a week away from the end of the season, and Slu and Parkway West had not met up this year, even though um, I think most people had thought they were the number one and number two seeds. And uh, in that game, I think surprised a lot of people. Slew 
um, kind of ran away with that one with by the score of 15 to six over Parkway West. Um, they they came out. It, I mean, they came out with a ton of energy. The crowd, um, particularly on the slew side, was was rocking for that game. And uh, there were, I mean, it, it was it was very evident. There were, I mean, there were great players in on both teams. But um, I think uh, is the article by Greg Updain um, in the Post Dispatch noted. Um, Cooper Sharp for SLU um, had seven goals, which uh, definitely powered that team. But was fun to watch. But it, I will, I mean, there's other games throughout the day. CBC, Kirkwood, Ledoux, C, um, Lindbergh, all, all those teams. It was it was fun to fun to see play. So, well, I, I you know to back that up, a lot of you know Ledoux twelve, Lindbergh nine. But then you know the following morning, Kirkwood. I mean, one of the games I wanted to highlight the Kirkwood eleven, Ledoux ten game. I mean, that was a action-packed back and forth. I think it was a one or two goal game with like two minutes left and Kirkwood scored to kind of hold on to it. And I mean, Ledoux had some opportunities and stuff. So that was, you know, as we say, like those are the games that we, we think that players get better at. Um, and, you know, that, again, you look at Ledoux beat Lindbergh by a couple goals, but then Kirkwood beat Ledoux and then Desmet. I mean, I think Desmet had slew on the road. It was 7-7 going into the fourth, maybe something like that, 8-7. So that was a pretty close game. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's one of those, you know, this year, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, okay, yeah, we, we might say SLU and West are one, two, but, you know, on, on any given day, if, if a team's playing well and another team is maybe a little bit off, you know, they could they could surprise some people. Um, and, you know, I talk, you mentioned the SLU P West game. I can go all the way back to the first week of games we played Ledoux and uh, we won 24 to 18. And I mean, it was like 18 goals that we gave up, which was crazy. And I mean, it was, I think it was 18 to 17 at one point in the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter. So again, there's, there's Ledoux who is probably falls anywhere between, you know, right now by the, who they've beaten, who've lost to like three, four, five, six, somewhere in there. But I mean, they had us on the ropes right at the last minute and stuff. So um, it's, uh, you know, we like when it shapes up to be kind of a, an interesting end of the year, I would say, don't you, don't you agree? No, I agree. And, and, even even in some of these games, uh, other games throughout the tournament, I thought one of the one of the exciting things was was there there are good players on all of these teams that were that were fun to watch. Um, and I, if, I mean, I was looking earlier today at the, the stats on SDL today, and I mean, you see a smattering from from all sorts of teams throughout the area. But I I, I mean, there were there were players on each each team throughout the weekend that I that I enjoyed seeing. So it's nice to have a a nice distribution of talent. All right. And then uh, kind of across the way, we had another invite, Summit invite. Um, I think Parkway South ended up uh, winning the title of that. They they played against uh, uh, a young Oakville squad um, in the championship game. And uh, I mean, again, you know, talking to, um, I talked to the Oakville coach the other day. It sounded like a lot of the games were competitive over there. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what we like to hear. So you have anything you want to add about that or? Yeah, no. Uh, Parkway South won the final game of the tournament, uh, nine to four over Oakville. Um, but Oakville had played them a day earlier and had won thirteen to eleven. So, uh, yeah, a lot of close games. Um, it's it's great that we were able to have two tournaments on one weekend. And uh, the referees, which um, I, I know have been working hard throughout the whole season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, a couple weekends ago, and there were three tournaments. Um, large kudos to to all the referees and. Uh, the plug is as we get more water polo in the area, we're going to need more need more people stepping up to referee. So a big, big thanks to everybody who helped with with those. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And so obviously we are recording on 
the 27th. So we had a couple other games I think you wanted to touch on that took place post this weekend. Yeah, so a, a couple a couple more games. Lindbergh played Kirkwood uh, on uh, earlier this week, and I think both teams are missing uh, maybe a player or two, um, but Lindbergh won that game 10-3. to um, And then tonight, uh, Slew played West for, for the second time this season and within a span of a week. Um, and Parkway West uh, took took that game um, by a final of was it eleven to nine, coach? Eleven to nine, that is yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I think it just highlights that um, uh, those teams will likely see each other again. But I, I think, depending on the day, that game could go either way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so it was cool to see. I, I'm sure that. I have I have refed and been in a couple uh, Parkway West environments uh, in big games, and there's honestly nothing like it when you can barely hear the whistle that you're blowing. Right. So, and uh, Ray, you know what I like to say though? Imagine having to coach practice in there as you're hollering at kids, and it's I mean it's not as bad nearly as when you get the place rocking for a game, but man, it's it's people wonder why I'm so loud. Well, I, I got to be loud, but yeah, I mean I was telling Ray this before we started recording that. The Parkway West Natatorium was rocking tonight. And, uh, you know, whether it was a win or a loss, I mean, we had a lot of fans there. And the place is just, I mean, you almost can't coach. You just have to stand there because it's so freaking loud, um, which is fun. So, uh, you know, it was a good game. And I guess we're rolling in. You know, Ray, you mentioned, I don't know. I guess we, we've got our senior night tonight or senior night tomorrow night against Chaminade. Um, and I'm not sure if there's any other games going on this week. I think, you know, I talked to coach P at Slew's done. They're wrapping the season until, um, until districts. And so we all know Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, evening is the, uh, district seed meeting where we'll all sit down and stuff. So usually teams don't really play anything after that, after they get their seed. But, um, I, I don't know of anything on my radar, um, as of tomorrow or Friday. Do you? Yeah, there, there's a there's a few games. Uh, I mean, you mentioned your game with Chaminade um, tomorrow, just Pattonville, um, Oakville, John Burroughs. So there's a there's a handful of games, but most of the I, I think the the major major ones we've been looking forward to have have, uh, have happened. Have happened. Okay, cool. Uh, so you have listed here some observations uh, in coming back, and I'm assuming that's in reference to you, Ray, coming back from Boston. What do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, I there's I, I've been keeping an eye on uh, a lot of the coverage as well as um, got to see some things in person this last week. But I, I think there's a lot of exciting things going on with Missouri that I that I did want to highlight um, that I that I also did see in person this this last week. But I, I think it was fun to see um, some schools that uh, definitely had some bigger showings and maybe a little bit different than we've seen in the past few seasons. I, I saw Chaminade and CBC last Tuesday, and, and that brought me back a little bit to um, earlier 2000s when um, I always used to remember some of the MCC matchups between SLU High and Chaminade or even even later when SLU and DeSmet played. But uh, there was a big crowd on, on both sides. Uh, I saw the CBC president in attendance. And it's, uh, it's good to see uh, rising numbers there. I saw Lafayette earlier in the week, and it was also good to see um, they played against Parkway West, which I think um, maybe a couple of years ago, that would have been a not close game at all. But um, Lafayette did did hang in there and, yeah, and, they and did. played well. So, so I, I think uh, it's good to see programs programs growing, and uh, I think those are a couple couple good examples. I, the, another thing I wanted to highlight is, I, I mean, there are new coaches on the deck, which I think is always 
always a, a good pos positive thing to see, um, particularly if we're looking to grow water polo in our area. Um, I, I already noted Chaminade, but uh, Brandon Murdoch and Abby Vermeer were helping with that team on CBC. Nikki Barella has been there, but Tanner DeNaro, uh, Michael Nidegger had been helping with that program. Saw Sean, Sean Sullivan helping with MICDS. Um, so a number in that's uh, not not even all of them, but um, good to see. Good to see new names there. Would love to see some new referee names as well. But um, but I, I think that's that's a positive from a from a coaching perspective. All right. Um, and a few a few other things I wanted to highlight. So in the past we've talked about swimming, uh, particularly in in Missouri. There's been this dichotomy between. Uh, people that play water polo and people that swim. And we've talked about in the past how in, how in Illinois, a lot of their top swimmers also are, are active players on their water polo teams. And I think this year specifically, uh, two of the top swimmers in the state, um, and Cooper Scharf at Slough High um, and Will Bonnet over at Parkway West um, are, are arguably two of the, two of the best players um, in the area and, and at least on their respective teams. So, I, I, I mean, I, Maybe maybe there's some hope that um, we might see some more crossover between swimming and water polo. But I, you I hear that, swimmers? Yeah, yeah. We we'd love to have you. So anyhow, yeah. No, I, I agree. And I mean, there's 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 nothing better than having you know. And those aren't just the only two individuals. Those are the right. two we're kind of right. highlighting here. You know, if two of the best swimmers in the state can play polo, you can play polo too. You know, that's kind of my thought process. At least it's kind of fun to be able to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll get Kansas City to buy in one. Maybe, but, but I but I think that's cool. And, and, and talking about crossover athletes, I mean, I, watching the uh, Lindbergh Senior Night um, over at the Lindbergh Invite this last weekend, just I, I still love seeing um, dual athletes, uh, or dual sport athletes um, competing. And uh, Matt Ludwig's a great example over at Lindbergh, a great offensive lineman um, who's also a significant part of that Lindbergh water polo team. Um, I, I think it's I think it's great to see uh, us pulling in athletes from other sports. So, um, so I think that that was something that I also noticed. We've we've kind of alluded to it already, but I I, I think this this year's district tournament is going to be uh, very exciting for some of the things that we've already um, mentioned. But I mean, even this last week in Lindbergh, there were a number of upsets, and particularly when your season's on the line. It just adds more drama to to the situation. So I, I I think I think we're in for a very exciting tournament this year, and I, I'm I'm very curious to see who ends up where and who makes it to the championship because I think a number of teams are looking looking at the looking at the path forward now and thinking they could be there. I agree. I agree. It should be uh, it's going to be a interesting next couple of weeks. I would say so. Yeah. And then. Want to talk? Want to bring up girls polo a little bit? I, I mean, we're still seeing growth there. I know Marquette this last weekend was up in Chicago. Um, Oakville was up there uh, a few weeks before. Um, those programs are still great, but and we, there's there's a number of other girls programs uh, that's also been been fun to see growing. And I know, Coach, you over at Parkway West, uh, this is your first year having 
having girls pull up. We've got, yeah, we've got nine girls. Uh, Coach Welch, you know, bless his heart, is kind of juggling both the JV boys and our, I guess we'd call them our varsity girls squad. So we're hoping for more next year. Um, but I, th- I think there's seven teams in the area. You know, you just mentioned a couple of the teams actually traveled to Chicago, which is awesome. We had a Chicago team come down uh, and participate in the Lafayette girls tournament, which was they brought their varsity and their JV. So that was fun to see. Um, I think um, I think Ledoux is uh, co-oping with Narinx Hall. So they've got not only the Ledoux girls, but they've obviously are offering water polo for the Narinx Hall girls. So some of them, I think, are playing at Ledoux, which I think is awesome. So as I like to say, Ray, the, the dominoes are beginning to fall, you know, one by one by one. And so, you know, I know we've talked about this the past couple of years, you know, seven teams. Um, I know Parkway North, Coach Story's got a girls team. That's another Parkway school, you know, domino falling. And so, you know, I think as more and more dominoes fall, we're going to see, uh, you know, I think we're going to we're going to see some explosive growth in that particular area. And, hey, you know, I know that the code, the quote is cliche, but a rising tide, what rises all ships or something like that. Like, I think having, I think having more girls water polo is going to help boys water polo. Uh, in the long run, it's going to get more coaches involved. It's going to force more referees to get involved. It's going to just force the St. Louis community water polo community to grow as a whole. So, you know, seven teams this year, let's hope for eight or nine next year and we'll, we'll continue on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, I mean, with you guys and Kirkwood also adding yes, this yes, year, I yes. think that's, that's great. So, right. and maybe as, as you mentioned, maybe there's some more boys teams on the horizon. I know there's been some talk, um, uh, the Andy Wall, um, trying to get um, some some other public schools involved for next year as well. So um, we'll be we'll be looking for looking for that. But um, we're, every time we're on here, we're we're advocating for growth. But it's good to see uh, tangible numbers of, of new teams. Uh, Ray, I want to make sure I get the quote right. A rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, how's that sound? All right. <laughs> Uh, hey, I just Wikipedia that everybody. So, uh, hey, you know what? I didn't want to I don't want to embarrass myself. So um, and no, we're not going to edit that part out. OK, uh, so, yeah, new teams. Uh, OK, let's talk about we had a lot of water polo in the news. Um, and I guess the first one we'll talk about because I, I chatted with him today. Uh, Greg Uptane. We all know Greg. Uh, he is a um, he's a staple in the water pool community, I'd say. Um, if there's a good matchup, you always know you're going to be able to find him on the pool deck. He was at our game today. He was at the Lindbergh invite all weekend. He was at the DeSmet invite. Um, and, you know, to his Batman, his Robin, Paul Kopsky, who's, you know, the cameraman and gets all these great shots of, of all the kids and gets their names and all that other stuff. So they've got, I mean, I think they let off the season with a, there was an article about us versus Ledoux. Um, and then they had a good introductory, uh, you know, a kind of a, a good article about Kirkwood and kind of them bouncing back from the the state game last year and what they were expecting for this season and stuff like that. So, I mean, all in all, he's done a phenomenal job. I was really impressed this past weekend. I was talking to some other coaches his goal at the Lindbergh invite was to write something about each team there, you know, so he was at, he was at all of those games, you know, and, and put together quite a, quite a little uh, dossier, maybe, I don't know if that's the right word um, of the game. So, I mean, again, he's a great guy. I think, you know, his articles are great and love reading them and Paul does a great job of taking photos. So that's our first, you know, a lot of STL today stuff um, going on. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to mention, and I've got this marked here. Um, there's a gentleman that I, I've seen on the pool deck. I first saw him at the, I think the Dismet invite. Actually, maybe it was the Founders Cup. And he had some, what I like to call, heavy duty 
camera equipment. Um, and I didn't really know who he was, but, you know, after kind of, you know, scrolling around on Twitter and seeing that he had tweeted some stuff out, his name is Arnold Ward. And he's kind of a freelance AP photographer. Um, he's got a little studio, ajwstudio.com. And he takes some really, really cool action shots, um, not just at water polo, but if you go to his website, he's got football, he's got swimming, he's got a whole bunch of different stuff and, um, you know, kind of jazzes him up and stuff. And we had a photo of one of our players, Raymond, uh, that was kind of posted up at the Dismet invite as like, kind of like a, a promo. And, you know, he's got both arms out of the water and he's kind of flexing. And I was, you know, I kind of teased Raymond. I was like, Raymond, I didn't know you were that ripped, you know, but it was, uh, it was kind of fun to see, but I mean, he's got phenomenal work and, you know, I just thought, you know, I'd like to I'd like to mention him just in case people weren't aware of um, who's that guy over there with the with the eight foot long lens, you know, taking photos of uh, of everything. But he's got some really cool stuff. So so those are the kind of ones that. Oh, actually, I got one more. Uh, Andy Wool will be upset if I don't mention this. But uh, uh, Andy Wool's putting together. It sounds like a water polo history book. Um, it's going to be professionally done, printed. Um, and I think he's currently in the works of uh, trying to get historical documents from all the high schools um, in regards to, uh, you know, I don't know, records and and past players and just a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, you know, if you don't know him, but if you do know him, you see him poolside, you know, you know, chat him up. He's he's working hard on this, it sounds like. And I'm not sure, you know, what the final product's going to look like. But I mean, it sounds like it could be could be something pretty fun. So I'm going to let you talk about USA Water Polo because, Ray, we know you are way more connected there than I am. Yeah, I just wanted to mention uh, we did have two award winners from the St. Louis area this year for um, USA Water Polo Zone Awards. Um, those two winners being Scott Summers, the head coach for the uh, Marquette team, and was also the the coach of the uh, state championship girls water polo team last year. Um, he's been very involved with girls water polo, um, as well as boys water polo and, and the Clayton, uh, Clayton water polo uh, team. I always enjoy playing with him, but um, he was recognized as the top high school girls coach in the area. So um, very, very nice recognition for Scott and very well deserving. And then Rob Pegler over at Kirkwood, who has done a ton over the last few years with um, in, in various roles, not only at Kirkwood, um, taking them to the state championship game last year, but also organizing St. Louis Lions Club. Um, he is he has really uh, been a great asset to our area. Um, and so he was just because of all his his numerous roles, uh, he was recognized as his own volunteer of of the year. So um, it's great to see St. Louis uh, people being represented. There are definitely more deserving nominees in our area. Um, and uh, hopefully as the years come by, we'll be able to get more of them recognized. But congrats to Scott and Rob. And, uh, you know, Ray, this is totally kind of off script here, but I just want to clarify, you are still writing stuff for Skipshot Magazine. Am I correct in thinking that? Uh, you are correct. I, I am in the uh, I am in the current issue. Um, wrote about um, ear and nose injuries in water polo. Actually, wrote with one of my uh, former high school as well as college uh, teammates um, who is now an ENT in uh, Georgia, Eric Applebaum. So great, great guy, um, and uh, I'm always excited for the opportunity to help with those. Good. Okay, and then obviously. Uh, not necessarily water polo in the news, but we were talking about USA water polo. And just to kind of add on that, uh, we, do we have anything about uh, summer tournaments, junior Olympics? Is everything going to go back to to normal as we as we know it? Or yeah, so we're still we're still working on that. Uh, so there's going to be two options again this year. You can um, play to qualify to go to California, 
or you can sign up to go and play in Dallas. And it sounds like throughout the Midwest, there's a, uh, it, it sounds like teams have different philosophies. It sounds like some just want to go play in, play in Dallas. Others are interested in going out to California. And I know um, currently the zone board is working to finalize plans as far as what, when the qualifier would be. Um, and, or, and by that, I mean, um, should be in Bloomington this year, but um, all the final details on that are still being worked out and will be circulated soon. But uh, Midwest teams will have the opportunity to go to, to wow. either if they. Okay. So. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Well, that's exciting. Um, all right. Uh, upcoming tournaments games. Uh, we're looking forward to, looks like we've got the, um, you know, this is kind of similar to the podcast. We didn't have a top 10 for quite some time. And then a big thanks to Dave Jimenez. He put something together here the past couple of weeks. And we have got a girls top 10 and a boys top 10. I'll just zip through the girls top 10. Number one, Oakville, two, Marquette, three, Ledoux, four, Lafayette, five, North, six, Kirkwood, and seven, lucky seven, Parkway West. Um, and I mean, it's my understanding uh, that I, I don't think Oakville's lost this year to a St. Louis team. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, so they've had they've had a game or two that might have been it was kind of close, I think, with Marquette at one point in time. But um, you know, it sounds like they returned a, quite a few of their casts from last year. Um, and you know, if things go the way they should go, if they play the way they should play, seems like they're they're probably the number one team in the area. Correct. Yeah, and, and uh, Brett Walters has done a great job at Oakville water polo in general. But I know in talking to him um, over the last year, he was very excited for this girls team. Um, as, as you pointed out, because they're returning a lot of players. And I think after last year's state championship game, um, they were ready to return. And I, I think I think he even used the wording at some point, like they they, they saw um, how, how Marquette's um, in, in their their joy in winning. And I think um, that served as motivation over the past year to continue to get better. So um, excited to see what will transpire for the girls um, coming up this year. Right. Okay. And then we got the boys top 10. Uh, one slew, two Parkway West, um, which I think is probably relatively stable there. Um, but that three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, even I guess nine. I mean, that's gets pretty crazy in there. And, uh, um, you know, Desmet, Parkway Central, CBC, Ledoux, Kirkwood, Lindbergh, and Lafayette. And I mean, you look at that kind of order, and I mean, a lot of those teams have beaten each other and lost each other. And I'd hate to have to put together some type of you know, analysis of, of where everyone exactly should be seated there. So, um, you know, I don't know. I know Sunday at the seed meeting, it will be interesting, you know, as all the coaches kind of go around and say where they think they belong. It'll be interesting to hear the, well, we beat these guys. We lost to these guys. This game was close. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where other coaches kind of feel they fall. Um, and I've got some ideas myself, but man, I'm just kind of looking at that. Lindbergh is at eight, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's really low for them. But at the same time, they've lost to some of the teams ahead of them, but they've also beat some of the teams ahead of them. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I completely agree. And it's going to make for an exciting tournament and maybe an interesting coaches meeting. Um, we have not talked about Parkway Central yet, but another, another team with um, returning their goalie from last year who um, played very well there and also, um, is a is a nice cast around him as well. So um, it, I, I'm 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 very curious to see how this how this ends up. But, Checks out. Yeah, it should be uh, it should be interesting. So um, okay, team of the week, coach. Who is the team <laughs> of the week? You know, I I, I think you can don't make go a, off script now, right? Don't yeah, I think you can, you can make an argument for a lot of teams here. I, I mean, Slew and Parkway West are at the top. I think. I mean. The team, as I said, the team that most impressed me uh, 
maybe not because of their results, but um, I thought DeSmet looked like uh, it was a fun team to watch, if, if, yeah, if nothing else. Um, and they were, I mean, I know Coach Swires as well as uh, Coach Stepanovich over to Smet certainly have things they want to improve over there and things to improve going into the tournament. But um, that, that was a team I enjoyed watching this last weekend. They, um, I thought they, they did what they needed to do at the times they needed to do it to, to get the result. Um, to get the result that they did. So Brian, um, Brian. We, we'll, we'll, we'll go with this uh, this week. So. Woo, woo. All right, baby. Um, okay. So, I mean, that kind of concludes uh, our, as Ray has aptly titled this at near side low 2022 episode one, the return. And it was an epic return, right? Um, but as you know, Ray mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, we're hoping to record once more, maybe a, a district finals preview. Um, not sure if we'll do that right after the seed meeting or if we'll wait till it get, kind of gets down to the final four or what we'll do there. But, you know, we're going to send out our APB for coach Don Casey from MICDS because we know he gives a great and unbiased analysis um, of the teams and where he thinks everybody should be. And, you know, coach and I, coach Ray and I have always, we always enjoy that interview. So coach Casey, if you're listening out there, we want you to know we're, uh, we're going to be reaching out to you in about a week or so. And uh, we hope to have you on for 20, 30 minutes discussion about what to expect as we roll into the end of the season. So um, Ray, you got anything else do you want to add? I do not. Thanks for, thanks for listening. We always enjoy talking water polo and uh, hope we can, uh, entertain you and at least uh, keep talk, keep the talk going about Missouri water polo. All righty, Ray. I appreciate it. Stay out of trouble. Thanks for listening, folks. We will see you next week. <laughs>